Good morning, everyone. We're just so privileged to be here, and this is the, the biggest group we've addressed. Obviously, it's a, a Saturday and easier for people to come, but just thank you. Thank you for being here. And uh, Michael's just given a, a wonderful energy-giving talk, isn't he, on, on the heart of, of what we're about. And uh, we're going to be sharing with you now what we simply call the how-to. We offer you a method to engage with people in a natural way. So... There's two, set, two parts to this. Um, we're going to explain it as we go along, but, uh, and we'll talk you through, and Michelle will be uh, outlining the day in a few seconds' time. Those at the back, can you hear me okay? Yes. Yeah? Okay. I've got quite a big mouth, so that should be all right, really. <laughs> I've, I've been a priest for 30 years now, 30 years this year, um, but I've headed up the the Cariot for Evangelization and Catechesis in Plymouth Diocese in England for the past five years. I'm Michelle. I'm a lay person. I work for the Diocese in Evangelization. And you know that spirit of timidity that God didn't give us? Someone gave it to me this morning. <laughs> so I, can't, I can't tell if I'm really excited or terrified. <laughs> but as we warm up, things should start to flow really well. But I'm just like you guys. I, I, I'm, I'm learning as I go. So, right, okay, so we'll move on. Before, as we start the presentation, we thought we'd bring you a little bit of our hometown because we're immensely proud of where we come from, just like you guys are. So this is Plymouth in England. In the, we're in the southwest, in the county of Devon. We're famous for our spectacular coastlines, our Devon cream teas, because we love our tea in England, and for we've got the oldest working gin distillery in England. <laughs> so we've got everything we need in, in Plymouth. Has anyone been to England? Put your hand up if you've been to England. Oh, a few, yep, a few, great. Okay. In Plymouth, also, we are famous because the Pilgrim Fathers sailed out of Plymouth in 1620, 400 years ago, and they were a group of religious separatists, puritanical uh, religious people who were seeking freedom from the Church of England because they were disillusioned with what the Church of England was teaching. <coughs> and, of course, they came to America. And this is where they sailed from. This is Plymouth today. Uh, the the uh, Mayflower Steps, they sailed in the, in the ship, the Mayflower. Uh, we've got some famous people that came out of Plymouth. Plymouth boys, as we say. That's our local dialect. <coughs> Sir Francis Drake, who defeated uh, the Spanish... Um, and he's reputed to have been playing bowls on, on the Hoe, which is the waterfront at Plymouth, when he saw the Spanish artillery fleet coming in, and he said, well, just finish our game of bowls before we go and defeat them. And <laughs> defeat them, he did. But it probably didn't help Catholicism much, because they, would, they were all probably Catholics, weren't they? Um, Scott of the Antarctic, another intrepid explorer, is uh, straight out of Plymouth, and I've got a, I've got a quote from, here, from him here, which I really like, and I'm going to read to you. This is when they were holed up on the side of a mountain, obviously in freezing conditions, and uh, he said of his, himself and his colleagues, we're all adventurers here. Wild doings in wild countries appeal to us as nothing else could. It's good to know that there remain wild corners in this dreadfully civilised world. I love that because it speaks of this spirit of adventure, of really living life and stepping out beyond the ordinary. And, and evangelising is a bit like that. When you step into the power of the Holy Spirit in evangelising, life becomes this amazing adventure. Every day is a new frontier. Okay, so. 
And we, you heard about Brexit, I'm sure. Yeah. Brexit went on and on and on and on and on. That's where we are, Father's pointing That's Plymouth. out. That's Plymouth, Plymouth. Even Boris got bored of Brexit. He just wanted to get Brexit done. He's a real character, Boris, if you know anything about him. We even had a song saying, get Brexit done. And then a couple of weeks ago, we signed on the dotted line and there was great celebrations across the country that we were leaving the EU. Okay, and then more, rec and more recently, we have Megxit. You know, the, the royal couple wanting to step down. There was a lot of, um, <clears throat> a lot of sympathy for our, our dear Queen, who was very disappointed and not, not very happy either. <laughs> But now we think that she's probably quite delighted because uh, she realises that what the eye doesn't see, the heart doesn't <laughs> grieve over. Takes a while, doesn't it, to see what's going on. <laughs> so that's the fun stuff. But we're on a serious mission here. So now we're going to get into the serious stuff. We really want to be able to help encourage people to set up evangelization teams as we've done in our own diocese. We've got 40 teams in our own diocese now of people who are evangelizing on a daily basis. So we're going to help you to know what we're doing and encourage you to start. It's a very, very simple message. It has to be, doesn't it? Because we've overcomplicated things terribly in the church and we've kind of lost our way with what even beginning the process of evangelizing. So, this, this work that we do naturally feeds our faith and deepens our discipleship, and we'll tell you a bit more about that as time goes on. It's a clear we're going to give you a clear model of how to begin a team, because we, you need to work together, stay together, grow together. And we're going to give you lots of tried and tested ideas and stories of us being out evangelising. And we hope you're going to leave feeling confident and inspired, different when you come in. If you are confident, you haven't got the spirit of, spirit of timidity, that's wonderful. <laughs> but if you have, we want you to be confident, inspired and resolute that you're going to make a change and get started. And feeling blessed that you've been chosen for this work. Now, if we talk too fast, put your hands up and, and you know, we'll slow down because I find it difficult to understand your accent sometimes. So maybe, <laughs> maybe it's the same for, for us you. We're going to show you the Genesis method. Now this is not, a, it is a step-by-step -step way of evangelizing that has come out of our experiences. It's not a tool that you whip out of your pocket every time you're in a conversation with someone, and, but it's a reflection document. It's a reflection model that you can look back on your conversations and you'll see that they have naturally followed this pattern. But what it does is it helps you identify where you may have got stuck and how you can push through and make changes for next time. Okay, I'm going to hand over to another intrepid explorer, a Plymouth Bay, who's going to <laughs> lead us now. Yes, I was uh, born and bred in Plymouth. Yeah. Always laugh at that when I say that I was born in the cathedral parish in Plymouth, and uh, so I was baptised there, first Holy Communion, first Confession, Confirmation, Ordination, I've only got one more to go, haven't I? <laughs> okay. We've got this lovely picture of, of John the Baptist because he's one of, we've got a collection of saints, but he's one of our, our main saints for inspiration, for evangelizing. Look at the picture. It, it, it's, we, it's a familiar one to us, but it, it speaks of the person of John the Baptist. 
His whole outward demeanor reflected his in, in, inner demeanor and attitude. The way he ate, what he ate, the way he was clothed, the simplicity, this, and he was just made for mission, made for mission. And I'd love to think sometimes of, you know, he would have been reading scriptures, the Old Testament, maybe reading Isaiah, written 500 years ago before he was born. You know, this whole expectation of the people of Israel, the Messiah, when's the Messiah going to come? He'd be reading those texts and thinking, this is it. This is now. This is my task to proclaim Jesus to the people, to open their hearts to him. And that's what we want within ourselves. We want the spirit of John the Baptist to be, be in us. And I also extend that as well to, to even like a whole attitude to life, you know, even the way we live, the simplicity of John the Baptist. We live in, a, in a, such a complex world in our 21st century. Everything is so complicated and hypersensitized, etc., that we kind of lose our way. And we just want John the Baptist to, to help us and lead us in this task. But what's our focus? You know, his deep prayer life was, enabled him to speak with courage and boldness and, and clarity because it came out of what he was. So he's almost like a lovely kind of example and, and a, a model for us to, to base ourselves on, really, for evangelizing. So keep him in mind and just want to um, literally invoke his intercession for us now on, this, on us all here today. John the Baptist, fill us with your zeal, fill us with your, your clarity on truth. And John the Baptist, pray for us. Truth is so important today. Truth and love together. He lost his head for truth, didn't he? <laughs> okay. Another little reflection here. A great kind of old early church mosaic. We can see what it is. Miraculous catch of fish. John chapter 21. Fishermen knew exactly what they're about. Trained fishermen. Read the waters, etc. You know, knew all the techniques. How to cast their nets, etc. All night they get absolutely nothing, zero. And then Jesus simply says, play out your nets again. They play out their nets again, exactly the same skills, exactly the same people, same waters even. They get a miraculous catch of fish. Simple, vital difference. Jesus has told them what to do. They do exactly the same thing, same people, same skills, but he's behind it, the miraculous catch of fish. This to me speaks massively of our prayer for mission. It's not just a nominal invoking the Lord, it is a deep life invested calling on, on the Lord it, for, for mission and for us to be evangelizers. When he's behind it, things will happen. And we have a saying that we, we picked up on over the few years. This thing about evangelization, we can talk about it, we know the need to, but it's a how-to that counts to get us going to actually evangelize. And so we say, evangelization as such does not exist, only evangelizes. Only evangelizes. And in our diocese, we've had three basic goals, which we just want to share with you as well. They're, they're simple goals. First and foremost, to form a deep, dynamic sense of discipleship in each and every one of you. And then from that flows training and equipping people to confidently evangelize in a way that is sensitive and appropriate to all people in everyday life. Sensitive and appropriate, but not timid. Sensitive and appropriate, but not timid. And then for sustaining ourselves, we don't want to work on our own, as Michael said, 
to form evangelization teams in every parish. That was our diocesan goals. We share them with you. They're appropriate. Okay. The journey so far. Again, we like this picture. It's slightly amusing, isn't it? It's, um, you know, going forward in a direction, but you can't quite see, and there's a bit of opposition there from the wind and the dust, etc. but it's making progress. So often, isn't it, our journey with God is like that. We kind of, we don't know quite, God's always the next step ahead. He, he, he lets us know step by step, doesn't he? Okay. Share with you two things on um, a journey that we, we, in our journey of growth and understanding of this how to evangelize. I just want to pick on, on, on two aspects. The first is when about seven years ago in my, in my parish, we were invited to uh, take part in a, a a joint mission with other churches for the whole of the town. And it taught us a number of things. We're quite surprised that the Catholics bought into this. This is an evangelical initiative. Uh, but we're quite surprised the Catholics bought into it. But it simply involved this. And don't be put off by this, but this was one of the thresholds we stepped through that taught us a lot. I'm not saying this is the only way to do it or that you have to go out and do this straight away. But they got us doing house visiting. But the important thing was, it was the way they did it. It was very smart and intelligent because they had these personal belief surveys. And there's simple five questions. First one would be like, you know, do you believe God exists? Yes, no, not sure. If yes, who is God to you? Personal, you know, or impersonal, a force or whatever. So they could say anything. They could say, you know, I think God came from Mars and was green or something, you know. So what we learned was that this, this simple five questions got a dialogue going. You're not talking at them, you're talking with them, and you're listening to the people. That was a key, key aware, growth of awareness for me, of, of fruitful evangelizing. Starts with the other person, you listen to them. Okay, and, and people at the end sometimes, would, if they said yes to doing a personal belief survey, sometimes said, well, I really enjoyed this, you know, because they felt listened to. So that was the first thing, this open questions for listening, and also this sense of, Guess what? You can knock on people's doors, even Saturday morning, even Sunday afternoon when they've had their Sunday roast and they're chilling out or whatever, and they're actually quite pleasant. They don't tell you to push off and go away. Now, you get one or two, you'd be, you know, well, you know irritating, being irritated by you knocking on the door or whatever. Very few. Most were very gracious. And that was an eye-opener as well. People aren't quite so scary as you sometimes think. Okay. Shortly afterwards, you know, is, is this thing of where do we go with this? We, we prayed intensely before Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, intensely, up the hours of prayer before the Blessed Sacrament. With a simple question, like we've got this heart for evangelizing, we've done this, but how do we incorporate this into our parish as a, as a regular thing, as part of our lives? With a simple prayer was, Lord, show us what to do. That's simple, because we didn't know what to do. Lord, show us what to do. Eventually, we had a new bishop. First time in my life, I had a bishop younger than me. It shows on, on my years are getting on. And uh, he, he shared with us, um, he gave all the priests and deacons a free book called Sherry Weddell's Forming Intentional Disciples. Hands up if you've come across that book. Yeah, okay. So uh, I, I shared that with, with my, I read it, loved it. It's all about discipleship and reaching out to others and you know, everyone's on a journey with God even if they don't know it. So I read that book and shared it with my, then wanted to share it with my parishioners. I did so. And at the end of four weeks of looking at that book, someone said, Father, we really enjoyed this. We don't want it to stop. 
So I had to think of my feet very quickly. So I don't want another weekly meeting. I haven't got the time for that. You know, we don't want to form a book club. So I said, okay, let's put this into action. Let's, um, let's have come back once a month and let's share encounters. Yeah, it talks about encounters. Let's share encounters that we've had. And from that, the model of what we share with you now started to evolve of a monthly meeting, sharing uh, in, in encounters, and what we learned from that. We started to grow together. This is the heart of what we wanted to share with you today as well, as well as the Genesis method for getting started. As we say now, we've got just 40, uh, 40 teams, roughly, in our, in our diocese, in the diocese of 63 parishes, so quite a few teams that are going. We also have a, a mission house now in Plymouth, uh, a small house can take about five people at a time when they can have a, an intensive long weekend together, uh, being immersed in, in what we're, we're sharing with you now. There's just a few pictures showing uh, the house and people taking part. I'll just say to you as well, I just want to share why the word Genesis, okay? Why the word Genesis? There's a whole kind of spiritual thinking behind this. When you read the book of Genesis, what do you hear? You know, what's coming out of you? Creating, yeah? God said, let there be, and there was. God says, go forth and multiply. It's creating, creating. Evangelizing is very creative, spiritually creative work. We're creating situations. We're being proactive. We're making things happen. Also in the book of Genesis, we hear in those first few lines, the Holy Spirit hovering over the chaos to bring order into it. We believe the Holy Spirit is hovering over mankind all the time, every second, wanting to bring order out of chaos. How many people's lives are in chaos because Jesus is not in their lives? In fact, we say for every human being on this planet, without Jesus in their life, there'll be something lacking, something missing. So the Holy Spirit is there hovering. And who's going to activate that spirit to connect with these people? Evangelizers, yourselves. We also see in the book of Genesis, get to chapter 3, sin enters. Adam and Eve turn their will against God. What do they do? They scarper, they run, yeah? they hide. They're meant to meet Jesus, or sorry, meant to be God in the cool of a day, aren't they? And they, they run away. So there's fear. Then what do they do? They cover themselves up with their fig leaves, okay? They're feeling vulnerable, cover themselves up. Fear and vulnerability. For evangelizing, that's on two sides of a coin there. First of all, ourselves as evangelizers, what stops us? Generally, fear and vulnerability. Okay, and we'll look at those two things a little bit more in our maxims and, and, and guiding principles. But also on those being potentially evangelized, fear, you know, what happens? They kind of run away from God and they don't even know God and what's it mean to come back to him? And also that sense of vulnerability. You know, let's cover ourselves, not with fig leaves, but materialism and, and superficial stuff, etc. So, you know, I feel okay. I feel I know who I am, but it's false. So great themes come out of the, the book of Genesis, hence the word Genesis mission. Okay. Have a few minutes now, just for maybe 30 seconds to reflect, okay? In view of evangelizing, what is your personal experience or journey that has brought you here today? And just have two or three minutes then, just maybe chatting to the person next to you on that, okay?
Okay.